Hey, this is Christine Minders, and you're listening to Full Service Radio. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Koreatown, Los Angeles, California. We're excited to be able to work across multiple cities. And then, not only within these cities, go into these small community spaces, these small towns, and say, okay, this is what's happening in this space. What do you think? I mean, if we're talking about kind of AI replacing jobs, what does it mean to have your job replaced? Let's have a very real conversation. It's different to think about it in the tech space versus experiencing it when and where it happens. And so that's what we're really trying to do is to connect these spaces. Christine Minders, and I run Feminist AI, which is part of Mutable Studio. When I started researching AI, when I was doing my thesis, my thesis year, all of the narrative and all of the work and all of the history of AI was very, very male-dominated. And so looking at this and saying, well, hey, wait a minute, who are the individuals in this space? What female-identified, non-binary humans, who's worked in this space? You know, other than these bodies that have really kind of controlled this messaging and framed how we think about it. With our current programming, it's actually very exciting. We're focusing on feelings-based research and we're focusing on sound-based research. And our feelings-based research, it's called contextual normalcy. And we presented and spoke about this at South by Southwest, but basically we're using AI to critique and understand and reimagine these new kind of experiences, very specifically using AI to critique problematic knowledge systems. To give you a very specific example, if you look at the history of mental health and mental health diagnosis, the bodies who are deciding which bodies are kind of healthy or normal or abnormal have have typically been, in in, in many cases, in, in kind of these diagnostic approaches and these histories, male-dominated. And so if you look at kind of the pathologizing of homosexuality, if you look at kind of this idea of the wondering uterus, you know, what we're doing is we're using AI to say, okay, wait a minute, let's reimagine feelings altogether. And so if you look at kind of the difference, the way that we're looking at the difference between feelings and emotions, emotions are more physiological responses. Feelings are your mental models. (laughs) So how you think about feelings. So We've crowdsourced questions from female-identified and non-binary humans around the world. With those questions, we've actually put them in different forms. So one of the forms we've put them in is in the, the form of an app. It's called Contextual Normalcy, and it's on Google Play, and I think it's on uh, Apple Test Flight. Another way that we're doing that is through a VR project, you know, and a- another way is just kind of through community conversations. But Basically, what we've done is we've crowdsourced the questions to ask, and we continue to do so. We crowdsourced the responses, and now we're starting to find these kind of connections with communities to start to look at ways and location-based ways of thinking about normalcy. So what's considered normal in one location is completely different. Like think of like just even from a word perspective, the language that you use and what does it mean to use these different languages across these locations? In the U.S., you have soda, you have pop, you have Coke, right? Those are all very regionally specific. The same thing kind of happens with feelings. And so what we're trying to do is say, wait a minute, we have this idea of feelings as being, you know, happy, sad. You know, they're very kind of predefined. But what if we start to talk about feelings as if kind of saying, you know, today I feel bittersweet melancholy 
You know, so like get a little bit more focused and nuanced. Let's redo the entire mental health diagnostic approach and system and frameworks. And also within that information, we can start to crowdsource understanding about treatments. There are so many different approaches and perspectives when it comes to AI, and one of the arguments that we make is there's a lot we actually don't know. If you look at the current conversation right now, a lot of individuals are talking about AI mirroring the human brain, and we're kind of in a place where we're using language and approaches that are slightly, maybe not technically as accurate as they could be, but they help people understand. So we kind of do a a similar thing where we specifically present machine learning as kind of a a main entry point. And within machine learning, we talk about classification because it's a very kind of simple way for people to understand AI. But zooming back out and looking at AI overall, when you start to incorporate more of the feminist and posthumanist approaches and, and theories, you can actually see there's a blurring or a boundary between artificial intelligence and artificial life. So there are very specific ways that you can talk about and think about AI. And even more specifically, there's a a design approach that I developed during my thesis year, and it's called the Cultural AI Design Tool. And basically, it's very much uh, inspired by just basic machine learning approaches to AI, but kind of wrapped in a systems and culture perspective. So when you co-create and when you engage in participatory AI, Each project is defined by that community. We see a reverse happening right now in a lot of these AI tools that people are using where they're trying to kind of like design for inclusivity after the fact or build it into a tool as kind of like a problem-solving approach. But what we do through art and design is we engage in problem framing and community participatory approaches so things are co-defined along the way. So when you are creating art projects or let's say products, when you have multiple bodies involved in the thinking and making, you don't have to go out and user test or you don't have to go out and say, you know, this was created by this community specifically. So it's very much kind of like an approach to designing for and and building AI into the actual kind of like process. We're not trying to get the same bodies involved in the same research all of the time. So if you look at these really beautiful community spaces, very specifically in LA, you have these wonderful like digital media spaces or digital spaces, and and they do have kind of these inclusive approaches and, and, and that's wonderful. But oftentimes it very much prioritizes people going to the location, number one. Number two, you kind of get the same media artists showing the same work. And while that is absolutely beautiful and wonderful, the real innovation and creativity and thinking comes when you get different knowledge systems coming in and you have different perspectives, right? So what we try and do then is co-create with communities across Los Angeles and actually across the United States. So right now, what we are doing with our programming is we're actually working with different nonprofits for these one-day workshops focusing on creating with not only like children, but children and their parents or individuals who might not fall into that spectrum. A lot of times, specifically with technology and and, and specifically with like tech education, you'll see people coming in, they'll say, hey, we're gonna teach you this tool. This is what you're gonna do. You know, this is how you're gonna learn it. And what we do is we say, hey, okay, you have this expertise. 
we have this expertise. Let's make something together. Are you doing something with sewing? That's great. Are you doing something with environmental design? Wonderful. How can we craft something together where the tech isn't prioritized? 